Welcome to the Joyful Attorney Podcast, where licensed attorney and certified life coach Laura Kelly teaches you how to bring joy, harmony, and balance to your practice and your life. Hello, colleagues, whenever or wherever you are, a welcome to the Joyful Attorney Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Kelly. Today's podcast episode is a continuation of my series on communication in a way. I want to discuss the power of communicating your vulnerability, and I'm going to do this today by modeling. Today is a very important day for me. Today marks two years of sobriety from alcohol. I want to talk about my journey to sobriety and why I think openly discussing this vulnerable topic is important and valuable. Just a quick note to sensitive listeners. This topic is a mature subject matter and not suitable for young children. Even before the pandemic, substance abuse among lawyers was becoming a growing concern. A 2016 study by the ABA Commission on Lawyer Assistance Programs and the Hazelden Betty Ford Foundation showed that nearly 21% of lawyers and others in the legal profession were considered problem drinkers. And as more specific questions were relayed to the surveyed participants, that number jumped even higher to over 36% of attorneys struggling with alcohol abuse. Unfortunately, those statistics have become even more concerning during the pandemic. According to the article, Stress, Drink, Leave, an examination of gender-specific risk factors for mental health problems and attrition among licensed attorneys, published in the National Library of Medicine, found that nearly one in three lawyers started drinking more over the past 18 months. Broken down by gender, 34% of female lawyers and 29% of male lawyers reported their drinking increased. Women who reported an increase were seven times more likely to engage in risky drinking, and the men were nearly four times more likely. In addition, 25% of women and 17% of men said that they have thought about leaving the profession due to mental health concerns. So this problem is very real and it's very important to talk about. I remember when I first started to talk about my problem drinking. A number of very caring, well-meaning colleagues advised me not to share about this struggle. They were concerned that this could give a disgruntled client ammunition to file a bar complaint against me. They suggested that it may negatively affect my reputation in the community and they weren't necessarily wrong. But I had to ask myself, what's the cost of silence? I became a life coach for attorneys because I believe in what we do. I still have a very idealistic image of a lawyer fighting for justice. I believe that the vast majority of my colleagues believe this too. But I also know that the old school profession and practice of law is unsustainable in our modern world. Lawyers need support, but more than anything, they need to know that they are not alone. Isolation kills. Silence is deadly. It's not just the rate of substance abuse that concerns me. It's also the rate of anxiety, depression, and suicide for attorneys and legal professionals. Here's my story. I had an image of what I thought an alcoholic was what they look like, red-faced and needing a drink just to function in the morning. I even used labels like alcoholic that made it very serious business. 
I know I said things like, I'm not an alcoholic. I just really enjoy drinking. I recognize myself as a heavy drinker, but I didn't really see this as a problem because it was so normal. I'll never forget the first time I went to a networking event in my city. We were asked to talk about our hobbies. I bounced up and introduced myself and proudly declared that happy hour was my hobby. I thought it was so cool and fun. Well, it was not cool. It was not fun. My life was miserable. I remember the person that I was like she was an old friend. It's almost like an out-of-body experience to try to envision myself back there. I drank to deal with the stress of running my practice and the burden of believing my clients' lives were in my hands. I drank to lubricate my social anxiety. I drank because I believed I deserved the chance to unwind and relax. I drank so I wouldn't feel all the negative emotions I had been avoiding for years. The more I drank, the more my drinking started to get out of control. I would drink in the evenings and stay up late and have restless sleep. I would wake up hungover, groggy. I was less productive at work because I was so tired, foggy, and slow. To make up for this, I had to work more hours. I felt guilty for not being home with my daughter, so I was more stressed. So I'd come home and drink to avoid those feelings, and the cycle would repeat. I had tried moderation, but one drink seemed pointless, and two drinks wore down my willpower. I even stopped drinking for six months, but I convinced myself if I could stop drinking for six months, I clearly didn't have a problem. I wanted to be able to enjoy a glass of wine with dinner, participate in a whiskey tasting, or enjoy cocktails on the beach. I was afraid I was missing out on the fun. But I quickly discovered that a glass of wine at dinner became a bottle of wine at dinner. And frankly, I was unable to moderate. This came to a head two years ago when I had to decide whether I was going to continue to allow alcohol to suck the joy out of my life or whether I was going to forge a new path. And I was so afraid. I was scared I wouldn't have fun anymore. I was afraid I wouldn't be fun. I was afraid I wouldn't be able to be in social situations around alcohol. I was afraid I would stop being invited to events. And I was afraid I would be judged for not drinking. But something else scared me more. I was terrified that if I continued to drink, my life would be over. I was afraid I would lose my family, my practice, my license, and quite possibly my life. I chose life. And it hasn't been easy. I wish I could say that people didn't judge me. They do. But I don't judge myself. I'm not ashamed to say that an intoxicating substance intoxicates me. Also, it turns out I'm actually a lot more fun sober than when I'm wasted. I'm saving so much money, my friends support me, and I'm happy to be the designated driver. Sometimes I get wistful and wish I could do a wine tasting or have a glass of champagne to celebrate, but I remind myself that I know exactly what wine tastes like. I remember the tart champagne bubbles tickle my tongue. I also remember the falling down, the drama, the hangovers, and the regret for what I may have said or done the night before. Today, I'm able to say, I've had enough. 
I've had enough alcohol to last a lifetime. I simply just don't need any more. I have experienced life on the other side, and it is so much more fulfilling. It's not easy by any means, but I promise you that it is so much easier than navigating my way drunk or hungover. I hope that by speaking about this, I can take a little bit of the stigma and shame out of overdrinking. I hope that if you are struggling, that you know you're not alone. And for those of you who don't struggle with alcohol abuse, you can gain a little bit of insight into what it's like for those of us who do. When we communicate authentically about hard, vulnerable things, we foster connection, compassion, and understanding. Shame cannot survive in the light. If you or someone you know is struggling with substance abuse issues, help is available. If you are in Florida, free and confidential help is available at Florida Lawyers Assistance at 954-566-9040. If you're not in Florida, most state bars offer similar programs. I, for one, am always willing to help you find assistance. You can email me at laura at thejoyfulattorney.com. Thank you so much for listening to my story. Until next time, stay joyful. Thank you for listening. 